Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. What's up, everybody? It's your host, Millie Tamaris. Welcome to another installment of the All Dick is Trash podcast, the podcast about dating, sex, love, the patriarchy, and everything in between. I am your host again, Millie Tamaris. I am joined by the lovely, the illustrious, the voluptuous, Baltimore's own, our temporary co-host. We love you, Candy. Our temporary co-host here at Old Dick is Trash, Rashid Green. <laughs> Yay! Oh, I have the explosion, but I was on the wrong tab. Yes! Rashid, what's up? Um, not much is up. Um, just, you know, trying to live during quarantine and um trying to just make it one day at a time. That's all we can do. Live one day at a time. Yeah, I'm trying to enjoy summer the best way I can, doing socially distant things that won't give me a deadly virus. Um, <laughs> not hanging out in groups of people. I mean, listen, I do hang out with a few friends, but like it's the same. It's been the same friends that I see every week since March. Um, so you know, no one has been sick. That no one has been so, sick is the so. yeah. No one has been sick is the model of COVID, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's like, it's oh not like asymptomatic. I mean, listen, I can't say anything. I've been going to Reese Beach like a lot this summer. Yeah. Um. As every like every queer As person in New York has seen my titties multiple times, so I can't oh, say you anything. Topless, honey. That's a, that's the how you gotta go when in Rome. You must take off your top. That is what they say. I mean, I will say every time I go to Jacob Reese Beach, because, you know, I visit, I normally visit New York at least twice a summer. I didn't go this summer. Um, but usually when I go, I go to Jacob Reese Beach and I do my, the, the swimming trunks I wear are pretty much mesh see-through. <laughs> There's a so lot of mesh, a lot of see-through. Yeah, it's an ass, like. It's really cool to see. I mean, I hate to be like, it's really cool to see queer people express themselves, but it is like such a cool place. And then especially now, like with COVID too, um, it kind of even feels like it's not sardines packed. You know what I mean? But it's like pretty tight. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just like, and then it's crazy. Like people go, to get fucked up like that's also a different thing that i haven't really experienced like like people you'll go ahead and drink and get drunk at the beach but people go and like they're doing hard drugs at the beach i've seen all kinds of shit and i'm like okay go off oh yeah yeah jacob reese i mean i remember the first time i was at jacob reese i think it was i was 
in New York for Del Close Improv Marathon. And one of the days my friend was like, if you're not going to do improv for another eight hours, why don't you come to the beach with us? And we get to the beach and uh, she's like, let's go to the queer section. I'm like, there's a queer section. Yeah. Which was like, so one, which is so wonderful for me as like a queer man, like to have a queer section. So I get there and like, it just felt, I know it's going to sound cliche, but it felt so body positive. It really is body positive. Yeah. It felt like, oh, and like men were talking to me like, where are you from? Where are you living at? How are you doing? And I was like, oh my God, the men are like so, the men are so polite in New York. Like when they want to fuck you. (laughs) As opposed to, wow. It's crazy that New York's like, the men are polite. Like I've never heard that for, no, I'm kidding. I feel like, yeah, the guys are pretty polite. Well, Rashid, um, how have you been? Let me ask you about you. Um, I've been doing well. Uh, I've been doing well. Uh, I've been going to therapy, which is always wonderful. Um, I have a queer therapist, a queer black therapist. So he's just like me, except he's a therapist. <laughs> and I'm not. Um, he's queer and black. Um and he's wonderful. Uh, we've been having some really great sessions. It's funny because I talked to my uh, mom and let her know I've been going to therapy. And she's like, well, what you say about me? I was like, damn, girl. Uh-uh. Your mom cannot be asking what you, like, say what you say about, about you? me. I was like, girl, nobody's talking about you. It's not always about you, Dolores. You're not the it girl all the time. It's not like, always about you, Dolores. Um, I'm like, it, you are the I, but you are not the T in my therapy sessions. So, for <laughs> real, for real. Um, so yeah, therapy, quarantining, socially distancing, trying to date, meeting fuckboys, meeting some nice guys, eating lots of ice cream, drinking lots of White Claw, being by water as much as possible is what sums up my summer. Uh, how have you been? How have I been? Oh, gosh, it's been really crazy. Um, Been really, really crazy. It's been like, August has been such an emotional month. And I feel like it's like Leo season, right? That's what I hear is like when it's Leo season, everyone goes from like being really caring and about others. And then like it just everyone just turns like really self-centered. Um, And I feel like, yeah, like I've just dealt with a lot of people just being really self-centered and not really regarding me and stuff like that. And, um, yeah. Fuck. Wait, are you a Leo? I'm a cancer Leo. So just oh, on the okay. cusp. And someone says, someone said like, cusp isn't real, but I'm like there. I am proof that you can be both insanely, insanely sensitive and loyal and creative like a cancer, but also self-absorbed and wild and like a Leo. Um, but yeah, I mean, God, I got like a cease and desist from a brand. I probably can't even say which one because of a satire site. Um, I got just some stu in some stupid, stupid fights. Like I'm just so over all of this shit. And it's like, I have this, like just some guys that I've been seeing. They've been fucking crazy. Um, some guys who tried to reenter in my life. Uh, it's just, it's just nuts. And like, for me, I'm just like, listen, if you like try to come back, like I will give you another chance, but you have to acknowledge like why, 
Like these guys will come back and they'll be like, hey, what's up? Like, and I'm like, um, so you're just not going to bring up that you didn't talk to me for a year and a fucking half or that you like, like sometimes it was, it wasn't even guys that like hurt me that much, but sometimes it would be like guys who would be like, like we would about to go on a date and then, you know, they just stop responding and that happens, you know, I, I've done that too. But then if I'm trying to like weasel my way back into somebody's life that I did that to, I would be like, Hey dude, make up an excuse. Like, Hey dude, sorry. I, my cat died. Do I have a cat? Have I over, ever owned a cat? No, but I would just make something up and then be like, I would love to start talking to you again. And they couldn't say yes or no. But these guys, like, just what drives me crazy is that they don't even fucking say anything. Just yeah, drives me that, nuts. That, that can be maddening. Mm-hmm. That's like, getting ghosted fucking sucks. It is. Like, it fucking sucks. Right? Like, getting ghosted sucks. Yeah. And even, like, being left hanging sucks. I don't like, yeah, I hate getting ghosted, so I don't do it. It really, really, really bothers me. Yeah. But even just like if you're talking to someone all the time and then they, you don't hear and then you don't text them back and then you text them back six months later, like you should be like, hey, my bad. I just. But these guys always pretend that they don't know what's going You know, yeah. and that, that that's shit. the worst thing. It's one thing to be ghosted, but then it's another thing when they like double back and then act like nothing ever happened. It's like, sir, you and I were like connecting on some level, however minimal or uh macro it was but like you just disappeared on me didn't say shit and then all of a sudden when all your other pussy deposits are dry <laughs> you're like knocking on my door and saying like oh what's let yeah. me see what's up with them and it's like you know it's like i'm gonna and I, guys do that to me all the time like they'll just ghost and then be like oh what's up i'm like uh it's august 2020 i haven't heard from you since december 2019 it's like, yeah, I was an asshole. I'm a work in progress. <laughs> it's like, no, sir, you're just a fucked up human. Well, at least I even say, if they even acknowledge that, like, even if they say I was an asshole, I'm a work in progress, that to me is so much more like drastically different than these fucking guys who are like, what? We stopped talking? <laughs> just, or, yeah, or that- like, there's one that like clearly was upset with me. And like, didn't wasn't capable of communicating what pissed him off. So then he was just like, so then he like, but so then we stopped talking. And then like years, years later, he tries reconnecting, and I'm like, hey, like I always wanted to know what happened, and he's like, I never like, I don't even know what you're talking about. What the fuck? Uh, get fucked. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, Rashid, I hear that you have a trash dick of the week for us. I do have a trash dick of the week. Um, the trash dick of the week is this guy named Jock. Ooh, Jock. Uh, can, I, can I? Oh, we did. We also we almost have a name drop. <laughs> uh, his name is jo- Johnson. Let's just call him Johnson. <laughs> no, Doug. <laughs> I don't need another season to sit. That's why I was like, let me call his motherfucker Johnson. His, let's just call, we'll call him Johnson for this, for this time around. Uh, Johnson. Okay. So what did Johnson do? Johnson played with, um, my time. So we hung out a couple of times and this most recent time we hung out. Um, so he's bi and he's in a polyamorous 
he's in a polyamorous situation with two women. And so him and I have been hooking up. And he's like, oh, let me, like, you know, introduce you to the two ladies I'm dealing with. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to meet them. No new friends in 2020. I'm not trying to meet them. What happened? He wanted me to meet. He's in a polyamorous relationship with two women. And he's been hooking up with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I want you to meet my two women. And I was like, oh, no, I'm good on that. Like, I'm just happy having sex with you. And he's like, well, do you even want to see pictures of them? And I was like, sure, whatever. And he's like, well, let's meet them. I said, no, I'm not trying to meet no new friends in 2020. And plus, like, I don't yeah, want to sleep with women. Yeah, I want to sleep with women. So long story short, he invites me over his house for a hookup. You know, we smoke, we fuck, it's whatever. And we're in the bed watching a movie. And one of the women walks in, like, does it, does it not? And she's like, oh, what's up? I didn't know you was home. I didn't, I didn't know you was home. What y'all watching? And gets on the bed as if to watch the movie. Ah! As if to watch the movie. And he was like, oh, what's up? Uh, we'll call her Brittany. <laughs> what's up, Brittany? Um, this is- we'll work. So, audience, we'll work on Rashida and coming up with decoy names. So, Brittany comes up <laughs> in the middle of your of your like post postcoital um of the Netflix and chill the Netflix portion of the Netflix and chill and she said what are you watching and does she sit between you she like climbed on the bed on the other side of him so i was like he was on the the bed like off going off i was by the wall on the bed and he was on the other side so he she got on the other side of him and so he's in the middle of us he was in the middle of me and Brittany. and <laughs> She was like, oh, my God, are you Rashid? I was like, don't. I said, who, who are you? And she's like, it's me, Brittany. I know he told you about me. I was like, uh, he mentioned you in passing. And she was like, no, because I'm high at this point. We just smoked. So she's like, oh, well, let's smoke. I was like, okay, whatever. Let's smoke. And then even though like, this is awkward, because <laughs> I didn't know what to do. And I was like, okay, let's smoke. And then she was like, maybe five minutes go by. And she's like, so what you trying to do? I was like, oh, I'm just trying to watch the movie. Like, and then she started feeling on me. And he was like, oh, it's cool. Britney's cool. Like, just allow yourself to enjoy this moment. And I was like, well, no, I already told you. I don't want to, like, get with a woman like that. And I got to be, you know, drunk to, like... <laughs> get with the lady to like eat some pussy um because that's what she said she <laughs> she was rubbing my chest right because it was hot so i had on a tank top so she was rubbing on my chest and she was like oh you got a little bit of hair in your chest she was like so here's the deal i just really want one of y'all she's talking to me and johnson she's like i really just need one of y'all to eat my pussy <laughs> and i was like what? huh Ew. i was like oh what I mean, it's not ill to eat your pussy. It's not ill for group sex, but it's ill. Do you think they planned that? I think so. That's what made me so irritated in my spirit because I was because I had been he had asked me several times, and each time the answer was no. I don't want to meet them. Plus, like I didn't want to meet them even if it was platonic because like you and I are just like hooking up. We're not like a couple. You know, what yeah. I mean? we're not like you're not looking. I'm not potentially a third in your polyamorous thing. So. 
She was like, well, I, here's the deal. I just need somebody. She's like, I had a hard day at work and I just need one of y'all to eat this pussy. And I was like, listen, she said that she said she had a hard day at work. So she wants one of you to eat her pussy. I mean, honestly, I yes. respect her, though. I kind of have to respect her on that one because that's pretty oh, yeah. fucking amazing. So anyways, I, <laughs> Sometimes I, up, I cuss him out and I dip. Like, I leave. I was like, yo, you got me fucked up. Like, I was cussing him out. I was like, you goofy-ass motherfucker. Like, you got me fucked up trying to trap me into eating some pussy on a Thursday. And you know I'm high as fuck. On a Thursday? No. On a Thursday during a global pandemic, no less. Yeah, well, I'm high as fuck. And I said, I feel like you trapped me and tried to coerce me into licking somebody's pussy. Like, don't ever try me like that. And I cussed his ass out and I left. He comes running out the house. And was like, yo, why you bugging? Why you bugging? I was like, because I already told you I wasn't eating. So we're on the at street at this point, like 11 p.m. on a Thursday night. I'm like, I told you I wasn't eating no motherfucking pussy. <laughs> I told you. I've been told you several times. Like, don't ever fuck with me. Oh, man, if I would pay so much money to be this man's neighbor. I was so mad. I was livid. And so I was like, don't ever fucking call me again, you goofy ass motherfucker. Like, don't ever do that to me. And so two, yeah. two days go by and he texts me. He's like, I'm sorry. That's all he says in the text. I'm sorry. And I didn't, I, so I, I'm being petty because I'm in my feelings. I was like, new phone, who's this? <laughs> new phone, new phone, who's this? He's like, you know who it is. Um, And I was like, look, I can't hook up with you no more. You're not honest. I, you don't respect my boundaries. And on New Year's Eve going into 2020, all I asked for was a man who was honest and emotionally available. And you're not either one of those things. So I can't fuck you anymore. And he's like, all right, cool. And we haven't talked since then. So he, he's trash because I feel like he tried to coerce yeah, you. Yeah, that is very much trash behavior. He tried to coerce you to eating coochie. And honestly... If somebody's not excited about it, it's not going to be fun. I just know that from experience. And I had to like make her, and I felt weird because I'm like uncomfortable, but I'm sitting here making a stranger feel better. Like, oh no, ma'am, I don't, it's not you. I don't think you ugly or unattractive. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> fucking. I don't eat pussy. Period. Like that. Like that. Exactly. So, yeah, so I had to take care of her emotionally and also allow myself to be angry for my boundaries being violated. So I was doubly mad. Okay, well, thanks for sharing your all dick is your trash dick of the week. Um, so we have um, a trash dick confession, and it is a voicemail we received, and I'm super excited. We got this voicemail actually two months ago in mid mid. Like, I mean, we're still in quarantine. It's still very serious. I think in New York things lightened up, so people have been like kind of a lot a little looser but um you know this was at the point when like you know I was very strictly like I wasn't seeing anybody um so and I think you know we were just all this had to be like yeah like you said two months ago so we were all just dealing with what it means to be in quarantine so then I got this voicemail uh from Leo so let's listen hi this is for the show all dick is trash uh, my name is Leo, and on Twitter, you can follow me at Leo B. Just Me. I'm a single uh, 32-year-old male living in 
um, straight male living in South Florida. And I just don't see the point of dating right now during the pandemic. I don't see the point of it because I don't want to make a connection with somebody, spend two months talking to them, only to find out that just like I'm doing, I'm talking to other people and they're talking to other people. I'd rather be able to talk to them for maybe a week or two and then ask for the date. If they don't want to date, then that's fine. But I just don't see the point of wasting my time during this pandemic to get to know somebody when so many relationships are flaky in the first place. So once again, go follow me on Leo B, just me. I mean, the last thing I would want is to have fear of missing out. I can understand probably some girls have their, have their dick on call, you know what I'm saying? So that they can figure that out. But right now I've just been single for a while. I've been on a little drought, but I just, right now during this time frame, I don't see the point of trying to get to know somebody and inviting them over to my house and possibly contaminating my house when I have a son who I share time with. So thanks a lot for letting me talk. I really appreciate it. And uh, it's just, you know, my thoughts. It's I just don't want to waste my time. I'm an efficient person. <laughs> have a great day. Bye. Okay. So can I be honest about this guy? Please. So Please. I, I was on um, Twitter and he was, somebody made a joke, like everyone saying, that now's the best time for dating because you can like really get to know somebody and court somebody. But um, every guy's like, come over to my house and fuck me right now. Like that was kind of the gist of her joke. And then this guy who was like, seemed like a random Twitter guy is like, well, I don't see, you know, it's no point. There's no point in talking to anybody um, if they're just going to go fuck their friends, blah, blah, blah. So then he was being like pretty trolly and, and, and to me seemed salty. So I was like, so then, or no, so then my friend tagged me. She's like, these guys are just confessing themselves. And then I was like, and then he's like, I'd love to be on your podcast. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't want to have you on a as a guest, but you can leave a voicemail. And then after I hear his voicemail, I'm team Leo. I don't think Leo's wrong. I feel like I've, I, and then I'll ask what you think. But personally, I feel like it's a mistake in society to like, I think we put in everyone's head that like every single waking moment that someone's alive, they need to be in pursuit of somebody and they need to be like trying to date. And if they're not dating, mm. whatever. And, and I think that's very wrong. I feel like there it's very normal to just take breaks from dating and like, and like really reevaluate, especially during a pandemic, you know, sometimes it's, if you're not going to get what you want out of dating, um, then don't do it. You know what I mean? And I think like at the root, like, it's hard because at first he was like, oh, yeah, like, I don't want to talk to somebody if they're going to talk to somebody else. Like, I'm talking to other people. And at first I was like, man, fuck this guy. But he's like, I also like I, I also like don't like to talk too much. And like, I like a week first, you know, like talking to somebody for a week and then meeting them. And I don't want to put my son in danger. And I'm like, man, like Leo's pretty acting pretty responsibly. Like, I have to say I'm team Leo. Um, but I would love to hear what you think, because I saw your face the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, I think in the pandemic, everything is normal and nothing is normal. So that's the mantra I've been holding on to since March. Giving ourselves grace for feeling how we feel, wanting what we want, desiring what we desire. In Leo's case, I feel like it's a combination of like, maybe he, because he, like he, the part he touched on about, well, I don't want to talk to people, other people are talking to other people and it's like well 
that's dating though. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's dating unless you're a couple, like if you're dating and you're not an official boyfriend, girlfriend or boyfriend, boyfriend or girlfriend, girlfriend, like that's what dating is until y'all have that conversation. Like I'm not seeing other people or I'm not fucking other people or, you know what I mean? Like that's what dating is. You know what? But to so many men, that's not what dating, because all these guys like that are on dating apps, They'll be like, what are you looking for? And I'm like, I don't know. Like what I'm looking for depends on the person. And and then, I, but I always stop ask, answering and I'm just like, what are you telling me what you're looking for? They're like, I'm not really looking for anything serious. I'm just looking for some, or I'm not looking for anything serious right now. Uh, ho- you know, I'm looking to get to know someone and then maybe it p- can progress. And I'm like, yeah, that just sounds like dating to me, sir. Like, it just sounds like yeah. you're getting to know someone. And if you both are on the same page then you take it to the next level. But to these guys, I don't, I have no idea. Like. They're like sense of warmth. And it's true. Like, yeah, he's like, I don't want to talk to someone if so. like, yeah, in some parts, it seems like, oh, it's misogyny. And then other parts, I'm like, no, but he has a good point. Like, <laughs> yeah, like no. if he's not getting yeah, what he no. wants out of dating, then don't date. It sounds like he's not making his intentions clear, though. I think part of that is like men in general. And this is whether and I'm coming from a queer man's perspective. Um, but like, I think men in general are socialized to like play the field. And I, yes, I totally feel that. Yeah. Like men are socialized to play the field. And I think not all men are socialized or are used to doing that. And I think playing the field implies that you have the upper hand. And I think the times we live in where people have options and they're in control of their own time and their own, you know, their own energy that they give out like women are in control i'm assuming this man is cis and heterosexual um yeah he is he is yeah so i think cis heterosexual people are so men are socialized to play the field and maybe playing the field hasn't worked out for him but i think it also sounds like he might be at a point where he doesn't have time to waste and i can i can totally relate to that because i'll be 36 in August um, of 2020. <laughs> and I, I, I'm getting, Happy birthday! Yeah, I'm getting on August 30th, 2020. Um, so a, as I get older, I don't have time to, I feel like I don't have time to waste. And I feel like I'm very, I'm a naturally direct person anyways. So when guys are like, well, what you trying to do? I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I'm looking for a boyfriend. Sometimes I'm like, honestly, I'm just looking for someone to hook up with on weekends. But I'm very direct. So I think part of his issue might be that he might not be upfront with what he wants. And it's like you said, like a lot of guys will message you and be like, what are you looking for? And you put it back on them. You put the onus on them to say, well, no, sir, what do you, tell me what you want. And I'll see if that matches up with what I want. And if it doesn't, we don't have to go further. And if it does, well, let's play ball and let me play with your balls. <laughs> um, but I feel like a lot of I feel like well, a lot of, I feel like, that's yeah I just feel like dudes. Need that's to what we heard from Rashid is uh, to out uh, to Leo. Let me play with your balls. That's what like <laughs> she said. No, I would say the final verdict. Oh girl, I'll play with Leo. Uh, um, okay. Well, thank you so much, Leo. Of course, you can always um leave a voicemail. Or send us a message. Uh, we'll put the voicemail uh, number because I can't find it right now. I should have found it before the episode. We'll put the voicemail number in our episode notes if you want to leave us a voicemail. 
and yeah, uh, you know, thank you so much for submitting. And I would say I'm I'm a little team Leo. I'm a little team women. Um, hey, Leo, so yeah, it gets better. It gets better, Leo. <laughs> you 32 year old dad. It gets better. I'll also say yeah. So well, that wraps up our intro section. Coming up, we have a really, really exciting interview with the illustrious, the one and only Dwayne Perkins. I'm so excited to have him on. So yeah, thank you and enjoy the rest of the show. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, everyone, yay, welcome to the All Dick is Trash podcast. Hi, Dwayne. <laughs> okay, we're, yes, we're on the All Dick is Trash podcast, the podcast about uh, sex, relationship, the patriarchy, and all things between. Um, I'm your host, Millie Tamares, and we are joined by the lovely Dwayne Perkins. Yay! Oh hello, hello. So, Dwayne, uh, something that we like to do is we like to internet stalk people 
and see all the information we can come up with, even like creepy stuff, just from the internet. And I'm going to read you your bio based on stuff that me and my producer Candy found. And you're going to tell me <laughs> if this is true. Because sometimes we'll be like, oh, you did this? Or like, no, that wasn't me. That was another Dwayne Perkins. So I'm really excited. So this is what we have. Okay, so you're actor, writer, comedian. Mm-hmm. You grew up on the south side of Chicago near Marquette Park. I did. You went to Hearst Elementary School and then... Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You're a former running back in high school. (laughs) I was. First African-American male to receive the International Baccalaureate Diploma in the history of your high school. Whoa, y'all really going deep. (laughs) Uh, You attended DePaul. I did. You initially attended... Or no, initially accepted into the conservatory, but then pivoted into film and animation. It's true. I got cut from the program. You met your writing partner, Asia Lachey Bullock. Uh, (laughs) You were in the same dance company, and then she introduced you to Second City. Uh, She did. (laughs) And you both got hired by Second City. We did. We were stars. (laughs) (laughs) Then you moved to New York and joined the cast of Wild and Out Season 9. (laughs) (laughs) you wrote wrote the blackening with 3p for comedy central and now it's getting developed into a movie uh it is shout out to 3p yes named time out new york's lgbtq comics to watch after roasting white gays on Las Coaches. <laughs> I, I was there. That's where I fell in love with you. Uh-huh. I had on a fur coat. This is all yes, making me sweat. Did. I remember that. <laughs> oh, gosh. That was so funny. Um, I Yeah. Well, we'll go into that later. But uh, you're a former writer and Beyonce impersonator for Netflix. The break with Michelle Wolf at the beginning. Uh. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. Good times. (laughs) Writer for the 2018 White House Correspondents Dinner, calling Sarah Huckabee Sanders the Uncle Tom of white women. Earned Uh. (laughs) uh, earned the New Yorker's best jokes of the year in 2008. Wow, you guys are really helping my depression. <laughs> no, listen, I got like eight more bullet points. You moved to LA and in 2009 became, or 2019 became story editor for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm, yes. And then you had one man show on how being black and gay made me better than you. And you performed uh, it in Chicago. And I feel like you sold it out, right? Like multiple. I did. I had to add shows. It was you great. You had to add shows. Hello. <laughs> and you're a technically trained ballet and hip hop dancer that has performed with the Paris Opera Ballet. Yes. <laughs> and you have two wow. dogs. I do name Ponyo and Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> and you smoke weed and roast people on cameo for money? Oh. How did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne, why are you depressed? <laughs> You're killing it again. <laughs> wow, that last one is deep. What y'all are crazy? I, wow, this, that really did make me sweat. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Dwayne, and on top of that, I feel like your biggest credit is anytime I talk to a gay doing comedy or just in general. They always, I have talked to like five of my gay friends are like, oh my God, Dwayne Perkins, and straight friends, I'll say that too. Oh my God, Dwayne Perkins, Dwayne Perkins this, Dwayne Perkins that. Oh, that's so nice. You're like, that's so nice. Uh. <laughs> that's beautiful. And we're so happy to have you. Were there anything, was there anything that we were like, this is wrong or uh, no, how did you all- find this out? <laughs> 
It was all true and um, unsettling. <laughs> I was like, I haven't thought about Hearst Elementary School in decades. <laughs> I don't even know her. I was like, what? <laughs> That's not a time I think about. Oh, man. Well, um, so yeah, I guess that's just a little bit about Dwayne, and we're now we're happy to have you on. So yeah, we're on the All Dick Is Trash podcast, and you know, I guess first, you something I like to ask all my guests is, you know, do you think All Dick Is Trash? You don't have to say yes, but you do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think all dick starts as trash. Mm, and then, um, interesting. If people are open to learning, then the dick gets better. But if not, then it's perpetually trash. Yes. Yes. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's just like how we are all born sinners. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then you get baptized and then, you're, you get baptized. <laughs> and then your sins are washed away. And like you were born with, with trash dick. And then depending on... Um, like where your heart is, where your soul is, if you want to be better. And then you grow and then the dick grows with you. But uh, yes. if you don't let the mind grow, then the dick can't grow. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Church. <laughs> I wish I was a pastor that only talked about dick. <laughs> you, know what? you know how many people would sign on? You'd be the Joel Osteen. <laughs> um, dick. You fucking get get people in speaking speaking tongues. You, I wish I could get like good and bad dick washed for my soul. Um, speaking of good and bad dick. I want to hear some of your, you know, most trash dick experiences or just trash experiences anywhere. It doesn't have to necessarily be about sex, but, you know, maybe somebody who's like, you know, messed, messed around with you or ghost, you know, some crazy shit like that. Um, <laughs> in college at DePaul, as we know that I, that I all went to. <laughs> um, where you, yeah, you pivoted <laughs> to film and film. Uh huh. Yeah, where I pivoted. Uh, <laughs> it was not by choice. Um, but when I went there, I came out in high school, like right before the summer of me going to college. So when I went to college, I was truly in like my full like gay whole face, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This is gotta gotta go do all the things that I couldn't do when I was in the closet." Yeah, and um, so. <laughs> That freshman year was me, like, being comfortable with myself. And then my sophomore year was when I really was like, I'm going to make a name for myself on campus. Niggas going to know me. I got to go fuck all these frats. Uh, And I I joined, I tried to, like, pledge for this frat. And um, it it all started. Yes, it was uh, Alphas. Uh, Okay. And as you all know, I was a running back on the football team in high school. And so... My dorm was having like a flag football tournament, and I was like, "Oh, sure, I'll do it," because <laughs> I ain't got nothing else to do. And the alphas that frat saw me, and they were like, "Wow, you're so good at football! Like, you're so like cool and like masculine. You should come pledge mm-hmm. the frat." And then when I went on the first day, I had like twelve thousand scars, and they were like, "Oh, you are not who we thought you were." And I was like, "I don't know why y'all." thought just because I was playing football that I was not gay. <laughs> um, every time I made a touchdown, I did pirouettes. Um, <laughs> and then uh, there was a guy that was in charge, like one of the like older 
members who I had sex with, but he was in the closet. And I, this is a story where I was kind of trash, but then they also got back at me. Uh, and so I would like not do stuff. Cause I'd be like, if you make me like, if you hit me, if you told me to do anything, I'm out of you. Oh, so no! I was like, I know I, I was not the best. I was what, 19, 18 just being like, whatever. Uh, <laughs> And so I was just like holding this against him. And then they eventually kicked me out because they were like, you are terrible. And I was like, you're right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but also don't call me at 4 a.m. telling me to get you Taco Bell. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, cross the Brooklyn Bridge and get some Junior's cheesecakes. Right? My For girl, what? no. To be in a gang. For um, what? <laughs> uh, and yeah. then the that same guy <laughs> was like dating, like the churchy blacks on campus he was like one of the main women was like in love with him and so she and her whole crew hated me because they were like you are making him a sinner and i'm just like girl i am trying to save you from having a terrible future (laughs) if you think you're gonna marry this gay nigga because he is gonna come out in a couple years when he's a little bit more comfortable so just like let me help him explore himself but they truly was like, Dwayne is the devil. And it was just me, the solo black guy that all the rest of the blacks hated. Yeah. <laughs> um, what ridiculous. did say? I mean, that reminds me of Jabuki's tweet about like being a, oh, the human embodiment of a kitten heel. Like, stretch <laughs> women. <laughs> truly. I know I went uh. to high school with some of them. And, uh, you know, just seeing how they post uh, is fascinating to me. Uh, just like, I saw this one, you know, just like marriage is the ultimate goal, even if it's just truly a bad idea. <laughs> yes. Like, like you could clearly tell, I know nothing about, I've been talking to this girl in years and I'm just seeing like, he asked me on our second month anniversary. I'm like, Ooh, girl. And then they're like planning the whole <laughs> wedding. And then five days after they get married, he's completely deleted from her Facebook. I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> drama. drama. I'm here for it. What was I going to say? Also, you said he got back at you. How did he get back at you? Because he got me kicked out. Oh, he got you kicked out. <laughs> Do you know if he's And I was now? like, yeah, I mean, he came out truly, I think, like the year after. Uh, and, and what was very funny is that, like, while I was pledging, we had to go to, like, an alumni thing. And one of the, like, older members who graduated, like, years prior, I ended up having sex with him. <laughs> and then... You know, I mean, it was a moment in my life. And then the guy that I was pledging with, like him, he also had sex with the other guy. And he was mad that the other guy wouldn't let him be the top. But he was like, but you let me. But like, he was mad that that guy let me top him. It was a whole drama. What in the Noah's Ark? I'd watch this. It was truly. (laughs) Right. It was that. BTS, hello. (laughs) All of that was just like a... And then, like on the surface, just a bunch of black men just being terrible. They one per one person hit me once, not like hit me, but like my hand was on my hip. Then it like hit my hand and said, "We don't stand like that." And I was like, "Girl, I, I need back support." Like when you were pledging, yes. And I was like, "Y'all are crazy." And this is why I don't feel bad manipulating y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Those were his last words when he walked out. <laughs> y'all are crazy. This is why I feel bad. Oh my gosh. That is crazy. And like, it's just a gang. I don't know. That's why it truly I feel is. so weird because like, all like my hood background and all this stuff, like I would start to feel weird. Like, like, you know, you grew up, I grew up around gangs in Miami and then like, 
you're they're like gangs are bad but then you see how it's their family and stuff but then you ultimately feel bad for people in gangs so they all end up dead or whatever and then i'm like yeah gangs are bad everyone's established gangs are bad but then like in college what the fuck are frats and sororities those are gangs and then there's the same thing of like pyramid schemes like pyramid schemes are so like targeted at black and latino people and they're like pyramid schemes are bad pyramid schemes are bad and i'm like yeah yeah they're bad and then i'm like in these co- and now i'm like comedy schools like, <laughs> <laughs> i mean second city like these are pyramid schemes too like improv is a fucking gang it is truly the scientology of art it is so strange it is it weird is. and coming from like a place where you just like grew up having to like learn really quickly and then going into that space and be like oh no this is crazy y'all are crazy how do y'all not see this Scientology <laughs> of art is the best description because it's just like no you're not you got to get to the next level and the next level and there are things like fundamentally like skill i'm sure with scientology too where people like there are things that help people's lives but you're just like what the fuck you have to go through all of this and spend yeah, all you're like, damn mm-hmm. money yes system like Improv bought some of the greatest people in my life, like some of my best friends. And I appreciate it for that. But I think it could be both. Like, oh, I'm grateful for this, but also burn it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, this was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, those are my feelings. Like, oh, memories. Explosion. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what people are saying, you know, because there's like, well, it's just going to be really interesting after all this what's happening because a lot of things are closing so everyone's like i just feel bad for the younger kids like for people who like are just starting out like where are they gonna go and it's like yeah you feel bad that they're not gonna be taken advantage of and like right i'm like oh therapy like Like they get to avoid trauma wow lucky (laughs) for them (laughs) i know oh geez um it was so fun this one guy like he posted and then we'll move on to the next question but he had posted um, this whole thing when he finally got on like a uh, Herald team in New York, he was like, this is like seven years of hard work or all this stuff. And like, I would go to, you know, UCB, then I would go to do shows at the basement, then I would do this. Thank you to everyone who brought me here. And I'm just like, what if he spent all this time making a YouTube channel? Like, where would he be? Like, or what would he, yeah. if he spent all this time just trying to audition for like, law and order shit you know where were you and then the funniest part of that whole post was that he was like and shout out to this guy like um this one guy and that guy like who used to do comedy is now in jail for 25 years for rape like (laughs) i was like yo are you really shouting him out and he's he's like yeah what happened i'm like he's in jail and i sent him the link and he's like oh man is that what he's not answering my (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like oh damn <laughs> um, that i was on a herald team like i went through classes and got on a herald team and i was i did one show and then was like oh no nah, no nah, i'm not doing this <laughs> it was <laughs> this is crazy uh because uh at io in chicago you like go through classes and then they make a team out of the like graduating class and they didn't put me on that team because they were like, we're going to put you on like a veteran team because you're you're so good. So mm-hmm. then they put me on this like team that has been a team for seven years. Yeah. And it was me. They put me and it was all white people. Okay. And me. 
And so on day one, there's like a dynamic that they have. Mm-hmm. And there's like one person on the team that they don't like. So like they didn't do scenes with him. So it was just me doing scenes with the person that everybody hates. And I was like, first of all, I have to pay this coach who I'm funnier than. I have to be with all these white people. <laughs> and then there's drama. No. I was like, y'all got me fucked up. No. <laughs> yeah. It's then- because like, yeah. Sorry, what were you saying? No, and then the the first show that we did, they were like, wow, that's the best show we've ever done. And I was like, yeah, guys, because I'm on it. But also, this is my last one. So (laughs) I got to go because this is I just don't want to do it. Yeah, I just think that like improv can be good to watch, but it all depends on the team. And I feel like nine times out of ten, you're not going to get a good team, at least like improv, maybe sketch. Definitely not. Like you have to have a team that like has chemistry and like can work together. You know what I mean? And that's just yeah. like, not can't, you know, not canned. Um, yeah. Uh, Comedy is a fucking scam. Uh, okay. Well, I wanted to hear a little bit or yeah. What are some red flags that you've chosen to ignore in the past, you know, um, when it comes to dating, you know, somebody like one of the things here is like white dreads or like people who have, who put all the disclaimers out, like out front before you even get to know them. Like, I want to hear something about the red flags that you're like, Oh, I should have not ignored that. One of the biggest red flags that is so glaring now, but I should have looked at it earlier was on social media if somebody posts an article that's clearly fake but they think is real if i see that i'm like oh you didn't read you don't have like comprehension skills like you're you're just not a critical thinker and i'm always like "Mm -mm, we're not going to be able to have a conversation if you can't even see that like this article from this weird website is not real i don't believe in your conspiracy theory you crazy (laughs) i'm not gonna touch your penis so you've dated somebody like that who's like post fake articles or you're just yeah, I, like in general? Cause I oh, just, it, just in general, like the people that, that I've dated, you know, I, I guess I don't really see red flags and, until it's too late. <laughs> then I'm like, ah, <laughs> cause I, I'm very much when it comes to like dating, like, uh, hippie in a sense that I'm I'm like anybody should love anybody let them show you who they are and then when they show you it's like oh no <laughs> uh, <laughs> you showed me <laughs> you like you showed me the wrong thing <laughs> now I have to leave um oh man but yeah that's a red flag what is the red flag um being white <laughs> <laughs> but listen I do want to listen I do I mean like like okay wait 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 wait. Mm -hmm. let me explain like not necessarily like being like whiteness itself is a red flag and just being like oh this is something that i have to be cautious of because historically it's evil (laughs) so (laughs) well what i I was going to say so yeah i grew up in miami and a lot of my friends are black and latino and um I noticed, like, as an adult, like, woman in New York City, like, my gay black friends are, ex- you know, and I have a really, uh, one of my friends is really, really handsome, Instagram, 
uh, like model, black guy, very muscular. And we worked at the same like ad age. And just like, it was really, which I feel like black men in general are exploited by like, I can see even like straight black men exploited by white women in a certain way that makes me uncomfortable. But I, I, the way that like these white gay men were to my friend, and I'm sure they're like that with a lot of people, um, was ex- it was like really uncomfortable for me. Like this like level of kind of like exploitation, you know, of like, ooh, it's like black men, you know, and like that kind of stuff. And even that culture of like gay men who tend to fuck only black guys, like the way that, which I guess is the same thing with white women of like, they feel entitled to certain aspects of the culture because they fuck, you know, so I just want to hear your opinion on that as, you know, a gay black man. Uh, I've been having to uh, navigate my feelings about race and how it pertains to dating for a while. Just because growing up where I grew up and how I grew up, whiteness was not something that was very common. It was always seen as like authority, things that you like avoid because Chicago is very segregated and very racist. And so I'm just, so my point of view, whiteness was always not good. Like to interact with whiteness is to risk dying and so yeah. i was like girl i don't have time so then i just didn't interact with white people until college so then when i went to college i was like oh it was for the first time that i was like oh i'm around white people i should open my mind and see whiteness is not just like what i thought it was growing up but then as i opened up myself to that possibility of my perception of whiteness changing it just kept being reinforced that it was terrible. Mm. <clears throat> like I went to college and was like, okay, I'm like, tr- I like I didn't have any restrictions on like who I was dating or like interested mm-hmm. in, but it just so happened whenever there was a white man that I was interested in, he turned out to be terrible. Mm. Uh, and so I was just like, oh, there's like a, a cultural thing that I'm like missing, or just be like, oh, I don't know how to interpret my thoughts through the white gaze. Mm. So it's hard to like interact with you because I'm just so used to white people disappointing me. Like mm. fi- like getting getting to that point of being like, oh, we actually can't like we fundamentally think about life differently. So our uh, so we just don't mesh. Uh like my boyfriend right now, he is Filipino. Mm-hmm. And I it's like so I don't mind dating outside of black people is just particularly dating white mm-hmm. men that I find difficult because especially like white gay men because I feel based on the experience that I've had if there was ever a moment where they had to pick their gayness or their whiteness they would definitely pick their whiteness for sure I mean and I'm just like <laughs> yeah for uh, sure I feel also, like it is weird I know like it, and and also the like fetishizing of black men is all it's just real it's real and it's weird and i don't i don't like it and then yeah and growing up as a gay black man being within like black people like black love from men was like something that i really craved because it was the thing that i feared the most so the idea of like two black men like in love was something that i really held on to and i still struggle with my perception within the black world because mm-hmm. those are the people that I love the most. So I want them to love me mm-hmm. the most. So I'm sure there's some shit that I'd have to unpack later. That that is also a reason why I don't date white men. 
Yeah, like, I, I don't that's super, super to. real. So, um, yeah, I guess like, you know, I know in smaller, I wonder how it is, you know, in Chicago of like, like, you know, when I went to Chicago, of course there are, there are groups of people in New York and stuff um, and in Miami that are, are segregated, like there are white people who don't hang out with any people of color, but I feel like in the spaces that I was, you know, I'm in, in like Brooklyn and all that stuff, like it's a little bit more mixed than you would, um, see or your whatever. But when I was in Chicago, I was in Chicago for a few weeks writing for NPR. And yeah, it was like, if I was hanging out with white people, I was the only not white person. And, or if I was hang out with black people or people of color, I, there were no white people at all. Or maybe what? So that was like, <laughs> but then I feel like with gay clubs, I'm just wondering this, like, uh, cause I know like, I, I didn't go to the South side a lot when I was in Chicago, but I know like in New York city, there's like, obviously there's like Chelsea and Hell's Kitchen and there's like the gay air, you know, that's the, the gay club area. But then there's also like, there might be a gay club in, or there's gay clubs in Harlem. There's gay clubs in the Heights. There's gay clubs in the Bronx and Queens. So I'm wondering if it's like that in Chicago of like, are there any like exclusive black gay clubs in the South side that like people go to or is like do you have to go to the white part of town to go to that yes yeah. there's i i can't think of a single gay club that was specifically for people of color or, or black people you had to go to boys town which was in lakeview which is on the north side which is <laughs> a bunch of white people and so you you have to go to a space where you still feel like a visitor mm. even though it's your identity mm. and there's still like racist practices within those neighborhoods of being like within those clubs, they have signs like you can't wear hats, you can't wear yeah. clothes that are specific to black culture. So it's still that thing of being like, man, I don't even want to be here. Like, yeah. like y'all don't want me here, so I'm not gonna like. And I'm not huge on clubs from jumps. I don't like being around people. Yeah. And so to go into well, spaces. Well, this is your time, Dwayne. The coronavirus is your time. Honestly, it's great. Uh, <laughs> and so going to a club. Yeah, I'm just like, girl, get out of my face. Like, if I'm at a club, it's not to pick up no way, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's well. to probably dance. Like, I just like, because, and I talked, and I said this to my boyfriend, because I'm very blunt and rude, but I was like, you know, you've been grandfathered in, right? Because, like, at this point, like, who I am right now, I don't think that I would date somebody that's not Black, just because I'm tired of, like, explaining that experience. Mm. I would like to free up that energy explaining what it is to be black and do something else with that mm -hmm. um and he was like that makes sense and i was like yeah but i've been with you for like a while and i like you so you lucky but like uh <laughs> <laughs> just know if we break up you're gonna see me with some big ass black man uh <laughs> <choke> me out. <laughs> yeah no i get that and I, I mean i totally get i mean i date a lot of asian guys too and and it's different in that like i've had to have conversations well, first of all, I mean, all dick is trash. Like all, like all dick, like there's no, I wish there was like a cheat code of like, oh, I'm not going to date this kind of guy. And then I'll never have any problems with men at all. But I learned yeah. the hard way that like you could still get played and stuff. <laughs> like, no. Oh yeah. Like men, men are fundamentally bad. bad. <laughs> but like, I think it is different. It's, it, it is different in the way of like versus a white person versus like, you know, an Asian person or another kind of like person of color that you can talk to, you know, they, they kind of get it in a different way, even though it's not the same way because they're not black. 
Um, mm. But yeah, I think like back to the gay clubs. Yeah, there was something where I was in the Bronx, like or hanging out in the Heights in the Bronx, and you know, there's all these clubs. Like there's this one street in the in the in the Heights called Dykeman. I don't know if you ever went when you were here, but it's like a lot of Dominican clubs and all this stuff. And there's like hookah lounges and there's like a sushi spot where they have plantains and the sushi, like real Dominican shit. And, um, but it's like, I've been to that sushi then, place. I'm, I'm pretty positive. Yeah. Mama sushi. <laughs> Yes, but I have not been. (laughs) (laughs) But but it was just like then I saw the gay club and I saw the and I'm like of course like of course these like of course these gay guys like want to hang out in their neighborhood and listen to their music and like not have to go to so that was just something that I was wondering if Chicago had and I know Miami I was talking to this I I went to a fucking lesbian pool hall called Cloud Nine in like the hood of South Florida like they were like. XX Tentacion like got shot like around the hair and like it's just like I had to flush my eyes because the black and mild smoke was so thick. Like, it was like but it was like the hood, 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 but it was like gay and lesbian, but mostly lesbian. So and that's like in the hood itself. So I was just like, yeah, of course, like just because they're gay doesn't you know where it's just like gay culture. And I remember yeah. that moment for me, I was like, I thought gay club. I thought like Britney Spears and like pop music, mm. and, and it was just in the hood. Like, just like, like all right, shot. <laughs> shot. There was like fights, and so I was like, oh shit! I thought I could run away, but I couldn't. Uh, you couldn't. One 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 thing that people really don't get about Chicago because it's like a metropolitan city. People forget that it's Midwest, and everyone is truly like nice but racist like mm. like they'll like smile but like there there is i've never and like and my family lived in the south and i would go there every summer and the racism in the south is very different from racism in the north because it's just very much like oh yeah we don't like black people and and, and you're like all right <laughs> yeah gotta stay away from those people yeah and, and chicago there's like a bunch of liberals who think that they're like too smart to be racist mm. which makes them more racist because because they're like brother i get it we're the same and, and it's like i'll fight you please don't do that <laughs> <laughs> and i chicago is one of the like most racist segregated places i've ever been and moving out made me see that like oh not every place is like this but it made me see like how it has such a impact on my point of view of just like the world and whiteness in general because whiteness in Chicago is a very specific, like seeing like a white cop, you you are just like, oh no, like it feels like you're in a movie of the yeah. South, but it's just like painted to be like hip and cool. But you're like, no, everybody's terrible. Like I've never been called a nigger anywhere as much as I have in Chicago. That's it's crazy. Wild. That's crazy. And you know, it was so funny because like I had that experience. I mean, race is really different in Miami. Because there's like this big cloud of like Latin. So it's just like, yeah, everyone's like white or black or even Asian, but they're all from Latin America. So that kind of blended. So then when I went to, Cal- I went to Southern California for college in Orange, in the Orange County area. So not really LA, but it was su- super weird because in, in South Florida, like, to me, when I was growing up, black people were like, oh, black people's like in family matters where everyone speaks English and their family goes generations back. And like no one in my family speaks English. My parents met you know, like as immigrants in New York, like, you know, so that's not I'm oh, I'm not black. I'm I'm, I'm Spanish. And um, 
And then I went to California and I would try to like, even in college and even off campus and stuff, I would like speak Spanish and be whatever. And people were like, what? <laughs> like, what the hell is Dominican? Like, They're like, oh, stop. And it was segregated in a different way. And I even remember like all my Mexican friends, we were all talking and then they're like, man, this was the craziest moment. They're like, man, my dad would kill me if I brought home a black man. And I was like, how could they tell? And then my friends are like looking at me like, what? And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> your parents they're black or <laughs> and like, what the fuck are you doing? And, and they're like, bitch, because they can see? Because <laughs> you're like, oh, people care about that. <laughs> so it's so funny that you're saying Chicago because I felt like LA was really like, and I guess like, I guess if LA feels like so segregated because of the driving, I guess. But I don't, you know, of like, you have to drive across like town or across like clear lines to be in this, uh, to see other kinds of people. I don't know. So that's like kind of like interesting to hear you say that about like L- Chicago being the worst when I feel like LA is like really segregated, but I could be. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it is, but I feel like. Chicago was where I was when I was the most open to new people. And now that I live in Los Angeles, I'm like, no new friends. I don't care about y'all. I don't want to talk to nobody. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, segregation or not, none of y'all niggas going to see me. (laughs) Truly. It is because it is like, things are so spread out. And I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not finna leave my house (laughs) and drive. Like it takes, uh, traffic here is bad. And just like, there's certain periods in the day where you just can't go places unless you want to sit in your car for hours. And I'm just like, yeah, that's not the life for me. I'm going to sit on my roof and be high and look at the clouds. Call that's it a day. crazy. Yeah, I mean, I noticed that. That's why I was like, uh, all right. Well, uh, so moving on, I think we kind of, we're kind of getting close to this, but I want to hear about, <clears throat> and you know, share whatever you want to share that makes you comfortable, but you don't have to name names or venues, but you can if you want to, about like, what has been your most trash experience in comedy? Like a moment where like maybe the venue fucked you over or the <laughs> or just like other people. I mean, you kind of talked about it with your other improv group, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was a period where I almost quit comedy because there was like there's like two parts of the story. Um, and I don't. There was a, an improv institution uh, that I worked at in Chicago. That was terrible. Second City. And. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say the name, but you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't care about them. I would like people to stop giving them money. Um, like, working there was very difficult just because that was the first time that I saw that, like, people wanted me to be something that I was not. Like, just blatantly being like, hey, stop doing this. Do this other thing. And also where the practices were structurally racist and i was like oh you're making you're actually making your black people do things that you are not making your white people do Hmm. like there like there were certain jobs that they would just give to white people and then have the black people have to like uh, like work for it so it's like okay so if so when i was in understudy for the touring company they the main stages you would get assigned to uh, to um what's the word to uh, uh what the fuck am i trying to say to understudy them um yeah you, you're so, assigned one yeah. actor or one role 
Yes. And so that's like something that you get paid for. And they would go through the the touring company and like pick the white people that they think would do well mm-hmm. to understudy a person. And then they would get a pool of the people of color and be like, okay, let's audition. And I was like, hey, fundamentally, this is wrong. And then they were like, oh, we see that. And it was, I've never been in an environment where they were like, hey, we're, we're a family, blah, blah, blah. And then they were truly just like terrible. Like they told the people of color, like, hey, we're trying to be better as a company. If we're doing something problematic, tell us. And then when you tell them, they would be like, you're hard to work with. And that was just like the first time that I was like, oh, no, this is a trap. I don't know how to navigate this. And I was like, oh, I'm so traumatized. Like me and, and my friends were truly traumatized. It was like just a really bad time. And then after that, I was like, oh, this was very hard. I'm so tired of working with white people. Then I got cast on Wild and Out. And I was like, finally, I could work with people of color. And then that was, <laughs> then that was also terrible. <laughs> so I that mean- like one, so like that like one, two punch was truly like the hardest time for me. And comedy, because that was the place where I, like, I worked so hard to be like talented, to just be like, I had to be undeniably talented mm-hmm. to succeed. And then that was the first environment where they literally told me like, you're very talented, but like, you don't have enough followers. And and I was like, I did not know that this was a thing that mattered. I worked so hard to be funny to like yeah. know how to form a joke, and then I get to a place where I'm being held back because I didn't do social media. Like I was like, Oh my God, so many struggles. So like those two things happening like back to back. Yeah. I thought while and not was like saving me from second city. And then to like go into while and not and be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then trying to figure out like, what am I like? What do I want from comedy? And how do I get it? Cause like what I'm getting right now is trash and I don't want to do this. Mm. And then that kind of forced me to, to, kind of take stand-up more serious because I was mm-hmm. like, stand-up is something that I create by myself. Mm-hmm. I get to set what the tone is, what the rules are. Mm-hmm. And I'm so lucky that I did that because that's when my career kind of popped off was when I got to like do and say what I wanted, how I want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah no. but the Second City While and Now combo was truly trash, know, tragic I time. And I feel like a lot <laughs> of people go through that. It's just so, and then you like struggle so much to be accepted as like a per. you know, I, as a person of color in this one institution and then you get to a person of color institution and they don't accept you, you know, I mean, that's happened to me where like I work so hard and then like I get to like work with people of color and it's like, Oh, you guys are sexist. <laughs> so we're like, yeah. It's like, no, kind of we're like, Oh, you're homophobic. Oh, damn. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, which I'm sure, you know, I mean, I've heard a lot of crazy stories from wild and out. So it just sucks that like, that's like a big vehicle. And it's also like, yeah, I mean, it, it, the social media thing is so real because it's like, it's not it's not enough to be good anymore. You have to be good and you have to have like this following. And then a lot of people yeah. with followings aren't that good. You see them live and you're like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> That's the shit that drives me crazy, you know, especially with this yeah. virus thing. Mm-hmm. I, I like really focused all my energy on like trying to be good and like constantly creating new material and like all this stuff and like being a good performer and being like charismatic and like being able to talk to people and all this shit that like now I'm like this shit it's just like about how many followers you can I don't know yeah and like in both of those environments I saw how they were made for people that just weren't me like people did enjoy both of them like people are thriving and love it but it was just one of those situations where I was like personally this environment is not made for me personally. Mm-hmm. 
Like, and I'm glad, like, while, while I now exist, because it, it is a platform that amplifies, like, Black people in a way that most programs don't. Mm. But just for me, that was not the environment. It was so, like, and that's what's so hard is that, like, I knew that from their point of view, they were like, hey, we don't have a problem with gay people. This mm-hmm. is just us. Like, the style of that show is very much low-hanging fruit. Like, mm-hmm. You find the thing about the person that is the easiest, and you just make a joke about it. So, like, the fat person, they always made fat jokes, fat which I was like, joke. that's weird. Like, so they just, like, find the thing, like, your thing, and then make jokes about it. And my thing happened to be being gay. And I was like, hey, I get what, y- what y'all are doing, but, like, as a person that has been bullied, like, there was a moment, and it makes me laugh, um, and I talk about it in my one-man show, where we were, like, working and then the showrunner on that show was like hey the morale is like feels very low and weird let's like have like a truth circle so let's go in a circle say like where you're from like some like things about you so we can get to know each other more and it got to me and the guy next to me like physically jumped at me uh as if i was gonna like flinch and i looked him in the face and i said nigga did i flinch and i turned to the circle and said okay we have to talk and i was like hey so when I was young, I got arrested for trying to murder um, my bully. I don't like being bullied. I don't fuck with that. That's not who I am. That's like, that's not what I'm about. And I will kill all of y'all. <laughs> and then they, and then, then they laughed. Then they laughed. Then I was like, I'm dead ass serious. And then they were like, oh. And then like from that moment on, things were different. They like, were like, oh, we respect you now. But they were still shitty. Like they would just say, say things like, okay, I'll rap here and then you can say some gay shit. And then I'd be like, ah, ah. Yeah. <laughs> <Like>, uh. <laughs> so it was just like, uh, uh, like the people weren't bad people. The environment were was bad. And I did not, and I didn't feel like it was my job to teach people how the ways that they were acting were terrible. So I was just like, I just don't want to be here. Like y'all can stay here, do yeah. y'all thing. But like, I just don't, this is not an environment for me. It feels very toxic and reminds me of like high school and I don't want to do this. Yeah. And I can totally see how like to them, they're like, we're totally fine. I mean, I feel like that's a lot of institutions where it's like, we're fine with people of color. We're fine with gay people. We're fine with, and but then it's like nothing about the institution supports <laughs> or like, like encourages or is fair, you know, to these people. So yeah. it's like. Yeah, why why would anyone do that? You know, <laughs> like it's yeah. that's insane. There's so many there's so many things like that where it's like um the you know, the showrunner, the head person's like, we love people of color, but then you pitch your ideas or the room or everything is so hostile <laughs> and there's like all these microaggressions and then it's like it becomes not worth it. So then, you know, yeah. then you you have the idea like, I mean, for me, I was like, Oh, well, if we built something from the top down of people of color, but then it's like but then you have to build something and you're not... I know, you're like, bitch, that's not fair. Like, why the fuck do I got to start a whole company just to feel exactly. good in a space? Like, exactly. that's bullshit. You know, you gotta- that was stuff that I really struggled with because I, I started all these, like, spaces and then people were still sexist. People were, and then I felt like it was taking away from my growth as an artist, like, in my development. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it is not fair. Um... Do you have, uh, so I want to know, so the, the, thank you so much for sharing that, uh, by the way, that was like really uh, insightful and I was just going to help a lot of people, but I was also wondering if you've had any trash experiences with dance, 
Because I know you also dance. <laughs> I mean, the trash experiences with dance are, I feel, self-inflicted, which makes them fun. <laughs> like, I was in a dance company. Uh, it was like a like a voguing dance company. Like, we, we did, like, hip-hop, but a lot of the members were in, like, houses. Mm. And so there was a lot of, like, voguing inspired it. And I learned a lot about, like, houses and just, like, that environment. And we would go to these, like, dance competitions and dance shows. But we all really liked each other. And so we would just, like, get high, get drunk. Then it'd be like, oh, no, we got to dance. So there were just, like, videos of us just dancing so poorly. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, we really did not care enough about this. We look crazy. But it was all, like, fun. But it was like, oh, this is... We are not doing this for the. We we just want to hang out and we're using dance as an excuse. Yeah. But um, these performances are truly tragic. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean that's so real. I'm sure those. I mean, that shit is so fun. Like it can be hard. Yeah, it can be hard to do like your passion <laughs> and your um your thing. Like uh, that's so funny. Uh, because I was so in two fun. dance companies and like one of them was like really serious and one of them was just like us playing games. The serious one was like ridiculous. Like the director was just like this very toxic, aggressive man. And he was just like rude and terrible. And I would just be like, why are you like that? Um, for the first couple months, he wouldn't let me and my friend who now dances for Magic Mike in Las Vegas. We were nice. like the two hey, new gay boys. <laughs> <laughs> right uh oh. and he wouldn't like let us dance with the girls he he had this like weird thing and be like men gotta dance this way and then we were both like this is boring we don't want to do that can we do this other like the girls piece is so much better like it's just like more fun we're doing more stuff this guy's piece is very boring because we're just like being like we're men and yeah. i was like this is stupid so like it was just moments like that where where i was like oh it doesn't matter what you do problematic views just like permeate in spaces exactly and i was like can we just like not all those things <laughs> like they fuck up everything it really does <laughs> it really does and race yeah that's like ah, every single space it's crazy okay so we talked about projects that you've worked on and projects that you're working on now but i want to hear a little bit about what your dream project is if you could do anything in the world what would you do I don't know. I think I want to like write and star in like a dance musical movie. Ooh. Like, like I really do love movie musicals. I think there's something fun about taking the stage and translating it to a screen. Uh, and I think that would just be like fun to do and would combine all of the, the things that I've like worked on throughout. Would it be my like career. a comedy or would it be a drama? It would be a a comedy with some drama elements. Okay. Yeah, because okay. like I would want to like dance, tell jokes, sing, and also maybe cry. Yeah, <laughs> just, no. Just to I, show I, like, look at all these really skills I have. Because all the <laughs> dance movies like are not good. It if the dancing is good, the story and the acting is not. It sucks. I was just I I um like honey. I could see you in like a honey kind of thing, like a community like, center. <laughs> yeah, helping the youths. Yeah, for the youths. Uh, but like, but I can't help them until I help myself and get my life together. Okay, okay. <laughs> Tyler Perry presents. I'm kidding. No, don't do that. No, because like I feel like all of like the dance stuff wouldn't be like 
the movie wouldn't be about dance. It's just like this character will dance at some point. Oh, okay, uh, okay. And also, like, I'm obsessed with kind of changing the narratives of like stoner films because mm. I do think that like that point of view has just been um taken by like white men. Like yeah. there was like a there was a period where like the like stoner like the couch like on the couch person who like does nothing trope. I just like is very antiquated, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm a high all the time, yet so successful because weed actually helps me. Because mm-hmm. when I'm not high, I'm thinking about all the terrible ways that the world have a, could like affect me. Mm. And then when I'm high, I'm like, well, I guess I can only focus on one thing. It might as well be the script. <laughs> and then I, then I'm like, okay, <laughs> let me just okay, write this script because <laughs> television writing. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like okay. I think it might be like that's the only movie I'm thinking of, maybe Chujin Chong, where it's like it's not just these straight white guys, but it's like they actually do work and they do work better when they're yes. high. I love how high. Yeah. They fucking got high and then went to Harvard. I'm like, see, this is the kind of movie that you should write. Because I'm like, yeah, that's what I do. Like, I don't get high because I'm like, I don't want to do anything. I'm like, I got to go talk to 15 white people. Let me go get high real quick <laughs> so that this isn't <laughs> scary. Then I walk in and just be like, oh, focus on myself and not like the many thoughts in my head that could be terrible. Nice. So a dance musical about with... um about weed <laughs> yep so fun. that was so so fun oh my gosh ah i can't wait i cannot wait okay uh, final question before the lightning round digimon or power rangers <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh well i would say power rangers because i do have a power rangers tattoo Ooh, um, Yes, I'm on my shoulder right uh, right here in calligraphy. It says it's morphin' time. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, but uh, Digimon does have a special place in my heart, but I do, I would have to pick Power Rangers. Oh, man. Yeah, Power Rangers is pretty, pretty funny. Pretty fun. Yeah. I, I've, I, um... I've been re-watching The Last Airbender again. I have to do it at least once a year. And now that it's on it Netflix... I might that have is, to rewatch Korra, but I don't know. I, I didn't like it. I have them all on Blu-ray because I've been obsessed with that show. I think Avatar is the best. Like, it's my favorite show of it all time. Is. And one oh. of the creators just followed me on Instagram a couple weeks ago, and I almost freaked out. Oh, uh, my God. No. I know. It's like the real life um, version, too. So I'm really interested. I am also intrigued. Cause like they have to get, cause it's a lot of martial arts, but then they have to get kid actors. Like that's going to be really tough, but then I feel like they could do it. But then also too, you know, I grew up Buddhist. So like, um, you know, I, I don't really like, you know, and I, I did study abroad in Japan, but I don't really fuck with anime that, that much, but I love Avatar. And then it was like, oh, because this has a lot of Buddhist themes of like, compassion reincarnation mission nonviolence, and all that stuff so that's how i really enjoy it but yeah i don't know about cora <laughs> I, like- I really liked cora but it was just a different show it's like it, different it was just very different yeah and cora was like Aang was a character that i truly loved with all my heart and cora just had like she was a i feel like they really tried to make it cinematic and more real cora was just like a very flawed person yeah. Which made it very difficult because I was like, you stupid bitch. <laughs> like, make better choices. And <laughs> like, girl, what are you doing? Yeah. Control your damn feelings. <laughs> no, I'm like, uh, so that's, I mean, you know, Aang fucked up too, but damn, Cora really. 
Yeah. Also, I think we were more sympathetic to Aang because it was like, oh, you are a child and your whole culture was murder. So (laughs) we get it. Yeah, but Korra is like, girl, stop. And then she's gay at the end. I was like, what is this? (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) This gay ass walking into lights. I'm like, okay, do your thing, girl. I was like, okay, where did this come from? I don't know. Um, I mean, she was pretty butch the whole time. (laughs) She was pretty. The cutoff is that cutoff show. She did have the chaotic, the chaotic uh, energy of a stud. So I will say she really did. She really did. <laughs> she okay. was just like impulsive, rash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yes, like she would raise somebody else's kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and this is where I get canceled. Uh, it was a nice run, and no kidding. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we're going to do uh, Trash or Not, which is the lightning round, where I say mm-hmm. something and then you say if it's trash or not. And then at the end, you can, you know, if you have like a strong feeling about something, you can talk about it. But okay. it's pretty lightning round. Okay. Great. Ready? Yes. Chicago. <laughs> True. Trash. <laughs> trash. There it is. Trash, the the greatest trash. Oh, L.A. Not trash. <laughs> no. Um, um, New York Public Transit. Ooh, tra- trash. Okay. Yeah, trash. Vegan food. Trash. <laughs> Chicago weed. <laughs> Not trash. Oh, okay. I mean. I mean, compared to... Uh, uh, <laughs> ah, deep dish. Girl. <laughs> trash. Thick-ass pie. I didn't that. <laughs> Thick-ass pie. Um, LA public transit. Girl, non-existent. <laughs> I've never been on it, so I, I don't have an opinion. TikTok dances. <sighs> <sighs> so hard why is this hard because like i think that i just like overthink a lot and so so it in my head i'm like trash too much but then i'm like but good for the youth (laughs) okay second city Ooh, trash do burn it down scarves Ooh, love them uh not trash (laughs) cafe gratitude trash Walking to the Popeyes further down Wabash because it actually accepts your coupons. <laughs> Not trash. I know exactly the Popeyes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eddie, but you, okay, you said there was some nuanced ones, so you're not sure about TikTok dances. Yeah, um, Chicago weed might not be trash. No, because like it was like the the only weed that I had access to, and so I was like, oh, like this is not trash because like it's getting the fix. Mm-hmm. But also compared to Los Angeles, it is trash. But like that's hard. Because... I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's object subjective because for me, like California weed, I'm like I do not need to be high for eight hours. Like what? Yeah, and that's what I want. This- <laughs> Like regular good weed is like okay, you're high for like twenty minutes. It's like cocaine, exactly. And that's why I'm like, I'm trying to be high all day from one interaction. I don't have time to keep doing oh, this. Oh, really? That's so funny. Yeah, because like for me, I'm I actually like, don't like smoking. Like smoking, 
I, I like being high, but I don't like the sensation of smoking because it like smells bad and I have a very strong sense of smell. Oh, interesting. So I'm just like, let me take these 12,000 edibles so I can be high for two days. Oh <laughs> and then I'm God, letting... <laughs> that sounds like a fucking... Yikes. Well, okay, Dwayne, we're going to wrap this up. Give me uh, one redeem, uh, one fond, happy memory that restored your faith in humanity. (laughs) 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 Um, Wait, I feel like I... This is hard because truly my opinion of humanity is the lowest it's ever been in this very moment. <laughs> so um, it's so hard. <laughs> Redeem equality. Mm, oh, um, my boyfriend cooks for me every night and he doesn't expect me to ever cook. He's just like, I enjoy cooking. So you don't ever have to cook. And I think that's just very nice because that is nice. That's very sweet. And then I sometimes try to cook anyway, just because I'm like, I don't think you need to to do that for every um, meal. Yeah, that would, that's so sweet. Oh, that is nice. Look at you, oh, <laughs> and happy. Oh, I know. Dwayne, it was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Of course. Uh, I know it's like eight a.m. in Los Angeles right now. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually 1 p.m. <laughs> it is. But let me tell you, there have been many times where New York people have been like, okay, so we're going to have a call at noon and then I get a call at 9 a.m. Then I'm like, but I thought you were talking about noon my time. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I went to college, again, I went to college in California for four years and my family could not get. They called me at five in the morning and I'm like, uh, hello. And then they're like, we thought it was three. And I'm like, no, they just would not learn. Um, I, so I totally get it. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the All Dick is Trash podcast. The All Dick is Trash podcast is produced by Candy Haro, and we are part of the More Banana Podcast Network. Our founder and managing producer is Kate Moldenhauer. If you would like to share an anonymous confession, email trashdickconfession at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at ADIT Podcast. And of course, you can always follow me, your host, Millie Tamaris, on Twitter at Millie Tamaris. Stay classy, y'all. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.